Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Child COVID cases on the rise. In these final weeks of summer, COVID-19 cases among children are on the rise. As the Delta variant continues to spread and the new school year begins, many children have been sent back into quarantine as a result of outbreaks, with hospitals admitting more child patients with the virus. In fact, the American Academy of Pediatrics has reported a continuing substantial increase in the numbers of child COVID cases reporting more than 120,000 cases among children in the second week of August. By August 18th, U.S. hospitals were tending to an average of more than 1,200 children a day, double the number from the end of July and four times the number from the beginning of July. Texas, which last month issued an executive order banning vaccination and mask mandates, is leading child COVID hospitalizations with an average of more than 200 children a day in the hospital. And data from the Department of Health and Human Services shows that child hospitalizations are also highest in Alabama, Florida, Delaware, Louisiana, and Oklahoma. And children are making up almost a fifth of all reported cases. Meanwhile, health professionals are also concerned by the numbers of general patients in the intensive care units, some of which are almost at full capacity levels, which are usually seen in the winter months when infection levels are even higher. And amazingly enough, conflicts over mass mandates are also a concern as children return to school. Wearing masks in schools, particularly by students who are not vaccinated, is one way of helping to prevent the transmission of the virus. Furthermore, as children under 12 are not eligible for vaccinations and the first dose of the COVID vaccine can take up to six weeks to have full effect, some adolescents and teenagers returning to school are still vulnerable and mask wearing would decrease that risk associated with the new school year. Dr. Lena Wen, physician and medical analysis for CNN stated, we have the more contagious Delta variant, we have surges, and we have so many adults letting down their guard, not wearing masks and not getting vaccinated, which is contributing to this really dangerous environment for children. Better data is needed on children and COVID-19 hospitalizations in order to create policies to protect children from the short and long-term effects of the virus. Returning to school should be a safe time for young people, but if action is not taken to reduce the spread among children and miss the Delta variant, we could see cases continue to rise. UK's Antibody Surveillance Program. The British government has announced its plans to begin an antibody surveillance program for adults who tested positive for COVID-19 with the rollout happening immediately. 
Keeping track of the virus and its transmission and effects have been a key aim for governments globally, and the UK government hopes that this program will allow them to develop a better understanding of its vaccine campaign and people's immune responses to the different variants of the virus. Aiming to find out more about how much natural protection people get after getting COVID-19, the program will allow for 8,000 participants per day sending finger prick antibody tests for free to those who have tested positive for the virus. The program involves two tests, one to be done as soon as possible after a positive result in order to determine antibody levels before the infection. The second, within another 28 days to measure antibodies that have developed in response to the infection. The data collected will be used for a range of purposes, including helping to gauge the proportion of people who were infected with the virus, despite having developed antibodies as a result of having a vaccine or having caught COVID in the past, as well as breakthrough cases. It will also help to study those who don't mount much of an immune response and whether this has any correlation to a specific demographic of people. The UK Health Security Agency will be running the program alongside the National Health Service Test and Trace System, and its chief executive, Dr. Jenny Harries, has stated that it would help the UK gain vital insight into the impact of the vaccination program and immune responses to different variants. Programs like this are hugely beneficial in order to continue to assess the impact of the pandemic and update our knowledge of how the virus affects the body and immune responses. Getting vaccinated is key to protecting ourselves, and research on this scale will tell us what kind of antibody responses vaccines provide in addition to an actual COVID infection and help inform future public policy making on COVID-19 treatment. Youth Perceptions of COVID Vaccines Widespread vaccine uptake amongst young people is essential for the goals of the United States Mass Vaccination Program to achieve appropriate levels of community immunization and to help reduce the spread of COVID-19. A study by the University of Oxford's Newfield Department of Medicine found that vaccinations provide even greater protection in young people than in older people. But despite this, just over half of U.S. 18 to 24-year-olds have had their first vaccine, according to the CDC, lower than the rate of vaccinations within older age groups. A recent survey carried out by JAMA Health has analyzed the thoughts and opinions from a diverse sample of young people in the U.S. regarding COVID vaccines, what they perceive are barriers to getting vaccinated, and whether vaccinations would change their behavior. The survey was carried out after the beginning of the U.S. vaccine campaign and compares it to findings to studies carried out before the authorization of vaccines for emergency use. In order to see how young people's opinions on vaccines may have changed since the vaccine rollout. So it finds that three quarters of the young people surveyed were interested in getting vaccinated to protect themselves and others and help return life back to normalcy, with a similar number stating their belief in the safety and efficacy in the vaccine and in the science. 
This is an increase from the survey carried out last year, where under half of the young people stated their willingness to get vaccinated. Although many were concerned about the vaccine's adverse effects, this did not stop the majority from stating their intentions to get vaccinated. When asked about what barriers they perceived to getting the vaccine and what strategies would make it easier to get vaccinated, many said that more information distributed on the vaccines and on how to easily obtain a vaccine appointment would make the process much more simple. Greater access to the vaccines through a range of appointment times, multiple locations, and proximity to those locations, and help with transportation to vaccine appointments would also encourage younger people to get vaccinated. In addition, most reported that they would like to continue wearing masks after vaccinations and that getting vaccinated would ease their concerns and make them feel more comfortable going out in public and socializing. So, in closing, Vaccine hesitancy is currently a major issue facing the U.S. COVID-19 strategy, but with interventions to assist young people in getting vaccinated and health campaigns encouraging vaccination, youth vaccine uptake has a strong chance of increasing. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.